You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Che. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. Before you take your Bibles, I just want to say congratulations, Heritage Baptist Church. And uh, what a joy this ought to be for you, what a time it ought to be uh, to be able to look around and see what God is doing and rejoice uh, in what God is doing. This is exciting, uh, what God is doing at Heritage Baptist Church, and I thank the Lord for it. I want to encourage you, no matter how long you've been a member here and how new you are, uh, to take some time and look around and uh, just enjoy and take in what God is doing. Look at the carpet, look at the lights, look at, look, look at the paint, look at everything and to take it all in and enjoy it. Uh, because I promise you there are not too many churches, uh, independent Baptist churches across America that are doing what Heritage Baptist Church is doing right now. And uh, so you ought to thank the Lord for it and to him be the glory and to him be the honor for it all. So thank the Lord for it. Before you turn your Bibles where we have you going and before we stand, again, I just want to encourage you uh, in a few things and just encourage you, uh, again, as I said, just enjoy what God is doing. And it was my honor uh, to pastor Heritage Baptist Church for 13 years. And uh, when a pastor leaves a church, sometimes you never know. Uh, you know, and I, I know pastors have been concerned and pastors are sometimes, uh, even, even sometimes a little bit fearful about the next guy and what's going to take place and will the church die? Will the church do this? And uh, there's been no concern whatsoever about what God is doing at Heritage Baptist Church. And we thank the Lord for your pastor. Thank the Lord for his friendship. And it's so good to see so many new people. And uh, that would be a bad thing if there was all the same people, really. And if there was no new growth, God wasn't reaching people and uh, you weren't reaching people through the Lord. So praise the Lord for that. God is doing a wonderful thing here. And uh, thank you so much for being so kind to our family uh, this weekend, uh, flying us here for this special day, uh, the meals, the hotel, and uh, the gift basket. I do say I will have to stay a few more days uh, to finish the gift basket. Uh, so we're still working on that. But whoever did that, thank you so much for it. There wasn't any kind of fruit or vegetable it was all good stuff, all sugar, uh, all, all snacks. Um, I was telling Pastor Che a couple of years ago, we had someone do it. We used to call it a fruit basket. And uh, so they actually made a basket with all fruit and it wasn't any good. Uh, so this was good stuff, crackers, cookies, uh, all kinds of good stuff. So thank you so much for that. God will provide uh, for this place here that you've stepped out in faith to build. And I just want to share a few things with you. Um, when we were here and uh, built the first building there on McArdle Road, and uh, some of you remember that, some of you have driven by. When we were right in the midst of uh, building that, you know, it was like what you're facing now. You'd wonder, you know, how are we going to pay for this? How's God going to work? You know, we, we know God owns it all. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills, but we don't know where he's got those cattle at. You know, we don't know when the auction is going to take place. And, uh, you know, we were working on the building there. I remember one day, uh, we were at a kind of standstill. We took a loan out to pay for the parking lot, took a loan out to, to build the shell of the building. And then throughout the year, we were doing the rest ourselves and paying for it as we went. And I remember one time we were, it was during the middle of the week and I was going back and forth between the buildings and some lady pulled up on the side there, Lavaca Drive and McArdle. She pulled up there and wasn't a nice car at all. And frequently we would have people pull up and uh, want something usually from us. And uh, so I went over to her car and approached her and she said, I just want to give you this here. And she gave me $20 and she said, you know, the Lord, 
laid it on my heart to give you this money. And, uh, you know, it was at a time when I was thinking, how in the world are we going to continue doing what God has called us to do? How in the world are we going to pay for what God has called us to do? And God kind of spiritual spanking and said, I can take care of it $20 at a time if I want to. But then, but then several months later, we had man, man door knocking. And some of you would know him if I said his name, he's passed away now. And we met a man door knocking. He got excited about what God was doing with our building. And uh, he came by the church one afternoon. And again, I was there by myself and he kind of walked around. It was an empty shell at that time. Uh, the, the, it was dried in and it was echoey. And about that time he was, I think, 91 years old, 92 years old. And uh, he walked around and uh, he was kind of looking around, looking up at the air conditioned uh, duct work that was in. He said, well, what, what do we need to finish this place now? And I said, well, we, right now we're kind of at a standstill. We need, you know, I think it was $20,000 at the time to get the rest of the air condition done. And he kind of looked around. He said, well, he said, I'll bring a check by this afternoon and we'll get most of that done with that. And uh, so God can use a $20 bill. God can use someone to give 15,000, 20,000, 5,000 here, 10,000 there. Now I'm going to just encourage you that God can use, God can do that. God can use anybody, but I'm going to encourage you if that's, if that's you, God wants to use you. Again, whether it's a 20,000, whether it's a $20, God wants to use you to further his purpose and God can do that. So God will take care of exactly what is his. The need for Heritage Baptist Church tonight is just to continue doing the things that necessitated you building this building. All right, don't, don't get so focused on the tool that you forgot why you needed the tool. Uh, I heard years ago, I think it was actually my dad that said I heard years ago and he read it somewhere that nobody goes to Home Depot or, or wherever, nobody goes desiring that, that drill bit. They want the hole that the drill bit will give you, right? And that's what this building is. This building is a tool to allow you to do better what God has called you to do. So don't worship the building, worship the God of the building and use it for his glory and honor. And I tell you, there's more grass out there that needs to be filled and more grass that needs to be paved and put another foundation on another building on. There's room for that. There's two acres next door to you. And uh, so if you're new to Heritage Baptist Church, uh, you joined a working and a growing church that will not sit still. And uh, so praise the Lord uh, for that. I read this last week, any success that we have in life is not God. God endorsing us, it's God endorsing himself. And praise the Lord for that thought that when, when, when the light shines, it's not on us, it's to be directed uh, at him again. Would you take your Bibles and stand with me together tonight and turn to Matthew chapter 19, Matthew chapter 19. Let's all stand together in honor of the reading of God's word tonight, Matthew chapter number 19. And we'll begin there in the last verse and look into the next chapter and we'll read several verses all the way down to verse number 16. I'm going to spend some time this morning after, or tonight after we read the text, we'll pray and have you be seated, but spend some time laying the groundwork for the message and really just kind of want to bring home some points to you tonight and understanding about what the text is here. Matthew chapter 19, verse number 30, the Bible says, but many that are first shall be last and the last shall be first. Verse number one of chapter 20, the Bible says, for the kingdom of heaven is likened to a man that is an householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said unto them, go ye also into the vineyard and whatsoever is right, I will give you. And they went their way. 
Again, he went out about the sixth and ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing idle and saith unto them, Why stand ye here all the day idle? They say unto him, Because no man hath hired us. He saith unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, that ye shall receive. So when even was come, the Lord of the vineyard called, or the Lord of the vineyard saith unto his steward, Call the laborers and give them their hire, beginning from the first, or last, unto the first. When they came that were hired about the eleventh hour, they received every man a penny. But when the first came, they supposed that they should have received more, and they likewise received every man a penny. And when they had received it, they murmured against the goodman of the house, saying, These last have wrought but one hour, and thou hast made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden and heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I do thee no wrong. Didst thou not agree with me for a penny? Take that, is, that thine is, and go thy way. I will give unto this last, even as unto thee. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with mine own? Is thine eye evil, because I am good? And then verse number 16, notice it is a, it's reworded, but it is a repeat of chapter 19 and verse number 30. So what has taken place here when we find in chapter 19, all the account, I'll explain in just a minute, the account that led up to verse number 30 is actually connected by this parable. So really verse number 16 of chapter 20 and verse number 30 of chapter 19 is a, is a bookend on either side of this parable. Jesus is linking the two together with this same, with this same statement. So what does he say in verse number 16? So the last shall be first and the first last. For many be called, but few chosen. I'm going to preach a message to you tonight. And again, I, I, it, it's for you tonight. It's for Heritage Baptist Church. It's for those that are here on a Sunday night. And most likely most of you will be here on a, on a Wednesday night. Most of you will be here for Saturday soul winning and the different events of the church. But I'm going to preach a message tonight entitled the spirit of your service to God. The spirit of your service to God. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this day that you've given us. Thank you for Lord, the joy uh, it is to be here. Lord, the privilege it is for myself to be able to be a part of this special day at this special place. Thank you for Pastor Che and his wife and their family. Thank you for, Lord, the servants that are in this church laboring together for the cause of Christ. Lord, thank you for the wonderful, Lord, record-breaking day they saw today. And Lord, I pray that the victories of today will not pass away with the, the ending of today, but will go on and on and on. And Lord, I pray that you bless now. Bless this message. Speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. The parable that we have is our text tonight in chapter 20. Again, is this is really a continuation of the conversation Jesus has. And really, not just Jesus' conversation, but specifically Jesus' Jesus's response to Peter in chapter number 19. Peter had asked, it's interesting, Peter had asked the question in chapter number 19, basically, what do we get for serving you? And I want you to notice in chapter 19, verse number 21, we come to the end of Jesus's conversation with the rich young ruler. And remember the rich young ruler had come to Jesus. And in fact, the rich young ruler, the Bible says he ran to Jesus. He throws himself down at Jesus's knees and says, what must I, and what do you say? What must I do to inherit eternal life? So he's thinking along lines of religious works. I've got to do something in order to gain our salvation. I'm so thankful we heard a message this morning that there is nothing we can do for salvation 
salvation, but it is only through the precious blood of Jesus Christ and his grace and mercy where he, where he calls us and is willing to exchange those old filthy garments for, for, for white garments that are washed in his blood. So we think about that as, as the rich young ruler is, is coming to Jesus, asking of that. And I think most of us tonight know the conversation that they had. Jesus tells him all of these things. And of course, the rich young ruler. And again, Jesus wasn't saying, do these things and you will be saved. Jesus was trying to get him to pinpoint the error of his way. And Jesus was trying to get him to, to understand really all the things that he had failed in instead of being self-righteous. But of course, what he does is lies and says, oh, I've, I've kept all these for my, for my youth up. And Jesus says, fine, go sell all that you have and give it to the poor and come and follow me. So he's dismissed. He goes away sorrowful. He goes away sad. But this is where we come to the, to the, to the message and the understanding tonight. Look in verse number 21 and we'll re recap it a little bit. Jesus said unto him, if thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast and give to the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. Okay, he goes away sorrowful. Uh, the disciples, there's sort of a change in scene. They go away with Jesus and then look at verse number 27. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? Do you get the connection there? The religious, religious young ruler wouldn't forsake all and follow you. The religious young ruler had lots of possessions and he wouldn't give those up and he wouldn't turn those over and he wouldn't surrender his life to you in this area. But Peter's saying, but, but Jesus, we did. We, we did what he wouldn't do. And Peter says there, he, he, he flat out boldly says, what shall we have therefore? What do we get for following you? What do we get for being willing to do what the rich young ruler wouldn't do? Peter was comparing himself. It really comes down to that. He was comparing himself to the rich young ruler who wasn't willing to forsake all and follow Jesus. And Peter and the disciples, they had forsaken all. You think about, they'd left their, they'd left their fishing business. They'd left everything they had. Literally, they, they, they dropped their nets where they were and they decided to follow Jesus and go with him. Now, Jesus doesn't outright rebuke Peter and say, no, no, you're wrong. You're, 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 your heart is in the wrong place. Jesus didn't do that, but he does follow up Peter's question with this parable that we read in our text in chapter number 20. Now tonight, a parable, I know you know this, but a parable is a, is a heavenly story with an earthly meaning. The story, of course, there we read it was a, a vineyard owner. The vineyard owner represents God. And the Bible describes that that vineyard owner, he goes out and he hires laborers at the beginning of the day to work in his vineyard for a, a set amount of money. The Bible doesn't tell us what type of a, a vineyard it was. It doesn't tell us where it was in relation to maybe Jerusalem or something else. So it, it, it's generic. And, and, and the point is, is he's hired him at the beginning of the day and he's hired him for a, a, a certain amount of money. Then the Bible says the owner goes out four more times throughout the day to the market, hires more laborers, and here's the key. He says, I will pay you the right amount. I'll pay you the right amount. 
At the end of the day, all the labors, and you can imagine this, if you, if you work in a job, you can imagine all the labors, they come together, they stand in line at the, at the vineyard owner's desk there at the accounting table and says, okay, we're, we're ready to be paid. And they all got given the same amount. No matter the ones that were hired at the beginning of the day, no matter the ones that were hired at the end of the day. And the Bible describes there that the, that the ones that were hired at the beginning of the day, the breaking of the day, who worked all day long and who worked through the heat of the day, the Bible describes they have a major problem with the vineyard owner giving everybody else the same amount that they got. And so what do we find there in verse number 16? Jesus repeats that same warning. He says, the last shall be first and the first shall be last. For many are called, but few are chosen. Tonight, when you and I serve God with our lives, and again, I'm speaking to a church that, that knows service to God. When we serve God with our lives, there is always a temptation to compare ourselves among ourselves. There's always a temptation to wonder what so-and-so is doing or, or I saw them over here. Why are they doing that? Or I even saw them doing this. Who asked them to do that? Does a pastor know they were doing that? Did, did he, why, why didn't he ask me to do that? You know, there's always that temptation to, to, to act that way and compare in our service to the Lord Jesus Christ. Many times we can find ourselves even, even cynical that we can find ourselves serving the Lord and then we scratch our head wondering, well, why is it so-and-so? So-and-so, they're not even lifting up their hand to do anything. And I'm doing all of this. I'm, I'm sweating, I'm laboring, I'm toiling. I'm spending my, my money, I'm spending my life, I'm spending my energy. And, and, and so-and-so's, they're even a member here now. And they're not even doing half or a fraction of what I'm doing or, or someone else is doing. That's natural to do that. But that is as, as ungodly as can be. That's why the Bible tells us over and over and over throughout the Bible, we're not to compare ourselves amongst ourselves. But there is that natural spirit in all of us to look at what we are doing compared to what someone is doing. Or in fact, most of the time compared to what someone else is not doing. And we get discouraged. We get, we get a bad attitude about it. We begin to get cynical about serving the Lord. All of that is a comparison and we forget so many times we're on the same page and, and we're to be doing our best for the Lord Jesus Christ and, and not, our, not our best compared to what someone else is doing because we usually can find someone else that we're doing better than they are. But we are to do our best in accordance to what God has called us to do for him. Whatever area of service that is, that is to be our best for the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Ephesians 4, 17, walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. Well, the Gentiles and those that had that mentality of, uh, of serving the Lord as, as eye service towards men, that they would see what they were doing. The Bible calls that the vanity of their mind, just a, an emptiness about what they, were, what they were doing. Tonight, because of Peter's temptation to boast of his service to the Lord in comparison to the rich ruler. Jesus gives this parable here to show Peter, but let's bring it home tonight. Jesus gives this parable to show me and you. He gives this parable to show us that we, we cannot bargain with the Lord in this area of our, of our service to him and his expectations of what he wants of us. I wanna show you several things tonight in this parable. First of all, I want you to see your length of service 
does not necessarily discern, determine your reward. Your length of service does not necessarily determine your reward. Look in verse number nine. The Bible says that when they were, when they that came that were hired about the 11th hour, they received every man a penny. But when the first came, they supposed that they should have received more. Look at that word supposed. They, they, they thought highly of themselves. They supposed that they should have received more and they likewise received every man a penny. Now again, be mindful tonight as we look at this parable. Be mindful tonight that when you study a parable, you, you, you can't pinpoint every character, right? And you can't extrapolate every detail and point to this person is this person, this person represents person, and this, this represents this situation. But you can glean from it. You can't you can get the understanding of what God is trying to give us through a parable. Again, parables are, are an earthly story that we can relate to that teach us something spiritual about what God is trying to get across. And there's usually a, a, a main theme in parables. And when we understand that, well, then we've got the, we've got the heart of God and what God is, trying to, God, God is trying to do. So the first servants in the parable that Jesus told, they agreed to work for a penny a day. But the Bible says when the other workers saw what they got, they didn't just want their penny. They truly believed they should have gotten more. Notice the Bible says in verse number 10, they supposed that they should have received more. Now their reasoning was logical to us. Their reasoning was, well, we've worked all day long. We've worked harder. We've worked since the beginning of the day. And, and, and we're glad for these latecomers. We're glad for these latecomers that have come along, but, but, but they haven't worked as long as, as we had. So it's understandable that, that we should get more because we've been here longer. Now, tonight we do know from scripture that some will be rewarded more than others. In fact, Jesus tells Peter at the end of chapter number 19, Peter, don't worry about the rewards. I'm glad that you have forsaken all and follow me. And one day, some that have forsaken all and follow me will receive a hundredfold in this life and more. Praise God tonight, we understand from the word of God that during the millennial kingdom of Jesus Christ, there will be people, there will be Christians in this life today that have positions of authority in ruling over different areas of the world. I don't know, maybe I'll be governor of Utah and you'll be governor of Texas and, and, and whatever it is. I don't know what, what the situation is going to be. But the Bible describes that will take place. So we know there are levels of rewards. We also do know in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 that there's going to be loss of rewards for, for, for some people. But tonight I want to tell you, church, it is wrong for any of us to believe that we will be rewarded more or that God looks on your service as greater just because you've been doing it longer. And that's what we understand here from this parable. You realize tonight there are many people that have been serving God for 50 years, but that doesn't mean they were doing it for the right reasons. <laughs> there, have been, there, there are people that are serving God for two decades and 30 years and 40 years and 50 years, and, and that doesn't mean their heart is in the right place. Some people have been serving God for that long and they, they're as cold as a wedge. So do they get a greater reward just because they've been doing it longer? That's our reasoning sometimes, but that's not what the Bible is teaching us. Peter's a perfect example of this. He believed by, by virtue of being with Jesus longer, he would have a greater reward compared to the rich ruler who, who frankly didn't follow Jesus at all. He was saying, so compared to him, I had to be getting a, a really big reward. Tonight, woe be to the church and woe be to 
the church members who look down upon and who compare themselves to those who have gotten saved later in life or maybe who don't have much as time as much time on the membership rolls as they do that will kill the spirit of a church when someone says, well, I, I ought to be receiving a reward or I ought to be recognized for this. I ought to be, ought to be doing this because I've, I've been here. Or I've been there longer. I've served longer than, than, than someone who may be a, 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 a Johnny come lately. We are to receive new members. The church is to receive new converts to the body of Christ. Get this church based upon their standing with God, not their tenure at a church. But so many times that's how we, we, we have like a rank and file system. Like so-and-so has been here longer or so-and-so's came from this situation and, and, and they, 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 they get a higher recognition because of it. Jesus taught that in chapter number 18, how to receive new members. Jesus says, you need to receive new members as I receive new members. How? As little children. How does a little child come to you? They come to you without many times without worrying about what you think of them. They come to you. Uh, I've had Pastor Chase uh, Haddon. He, he doesn't know me from Adam, but he's given me hugs, right? Why? Because they, they, they come to you in that way. They come to you in humility. They come to you fully, right? Just laying themselves out there. You realize that's what happens when a new member joins Heritage Baptist Church. Many times they're coming with no pretense. They're just saying, here I am. I want to be a part of what God is doing. And the Bible says you are to receive them in like manner, without pretension, in humility, realizing that they are as full of a member as anybody else is a member because they are part of the family of the Lord Jesus Christ. So just because you've been saved longer, maybe been a member of a church longer, doesn't mean your reward will necessarily be greater than someone who comes lately. I've seen churches where people have had the attitude, well, if it wasn't for me and my family, this church would have gone under a long time ago. Right, that, that's out there. People have that attitude sometimes. Well, if it, wasn't, if it wasn't for me and my family, if it wasn't for my grandmother and my grandfather and all that they did for that church, if it wasn't for me. Well, if that's that person's attitude, I, I promise you, money might have kept the lights on. But the spirit and the power of God was as far away from that attitude as could possibly be. God wants us to have that spirit of, uh, of humility and, and serving God in the best way, in whatever way we can, realizing that our length of service does not matter necessarily our reward that we receive from the Lord. This, in this parable here, the servants that were hired early in the morning, they thought they should have gotten more. When they saw what others got paid who came late, Jesus told them, what does he say? He says, you've gotten exactly what you agreed to. That's key to understand. You can think about it tonight. They were, they were standing there all in line thinking, man, these guys came late. <laughs> they're, I don't know what they're going to get, but it's, it, it can't be as much as we got. Right? We, we've been here. We were, we were here all the, this whole time. They, they were in the market, right? They were sloughing off. Maybe they got up late, whatever it was, but they came to the job late. We definitely, this is going to be good. We're going to get more. Every single one of them got a penny. Every single one of them got the same thing. And Jesus simply tells them, why are you mad? Right? We hear that today. Why, why are you mad? You got exactly what you agreed to. Hey, by the way, tonight, the bigger picture is eternal life. We got exactly what he said he would give us. 
Right, so many times we think, well, I'll do this for the Lord and, and then I'll, I'll get a reward. I'll do this for the Lord, I'll, I'll get recognition. Uh, no, 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 he saved us, he bought us with his precious blood, he redeemed us and we got eternal life. That, that, that's the best thing we could, we could ever think of. It doesn't matter, if, think about this, it doesn't matter if someone is saved two seconds before the rapture or they were Moses. We all get eternal life based upon the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Length of service, it doesn't matter. But secondly, I want you to see, look in verse number 12. We saw the length of your service doesn't matter, but now let's look at the difficulty of your service. Doesn't necessarily determine your reward. Verse number 12, the Bible says, saying these last have wrought but one hour and thou hast made them equal unto us. And notice this, which have borne the burden and heat of the day. Again, keep in mind, you can't extrapolate every, every single truth all the way down to the end of every parable and then go and make doctrine out of it. Because why? Well, we know the, the, the martyrs that appear in the book of Revelation, they will receive recognition for their sacrifice. But the point here, the overall understanding is that the difficulty of your service doesn't necessarily determine the reward you will receive in this, in this life or, or, or in heaven. We say, why? Well, because some people face difficulty in their service, and what do they do? They serve grudgingly. I mean, they, 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 they face difficulty in their service. Maybe they go through a period of time in their life when, when it's difficult to serve God. Maybe they're serving God through a trial. Maybe they, they, they lose a family to the world, backsliding, whatever it is, and they truly go through difficulties and struggles in their life. And guess what? There are some people, it's all over their face. And you know, they're serving, but they're not happy about it. They're serving, but they're letting everybody know about all their problems and they're, they're serving the Lord begrudgingly. Some face difficulty in their service to God and they don't keep going, they quit. Right, there are some people that face difficulty in their service to God and they face it by their own making. Right, sometimes we can make our, 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 ourselves have problems that God never intended for us to have. Right? Again, we heard it this morning. There, there, there are scars of sin that sometimes affect our life. And even though God brings us out of the fire, there will still be the smell of smoke sometimes. Sometimes there still will be the charring of our, of our lives and our bodies and our minds. So just because we have difficulty in our service doesn't necessarily mean it was brought on by God and doesn't necessarily mean it was handled correctly in the right spirit. So just to say my service to God or my Christian life has been difficult, therefore I automatically get a lot of rewards. Well, we can't say that in scripture, right? We, we, we know we can't say that in, in, in life. The servants of the vineyard owner, think about it, they make their case that they should get more money because the Bible tells us in verse number 12, their reasoning was we worked in the heat of the day. It was difficult labor and they thought, why in the world should those guys who showed up at sunset get as much as we do? You know, the, the time of day you work outside, it matters. If you have a job where you work outside, there, there are times when you say, Let, let's wait until about five o'clock and we'll get started with the job. I, I know there's people that, you know, they, they, they do turnarounds, they do different work. I remember one time my brother was working in, in Phoenix and they didn't start working until midnight. Why? Because it was just, it was cooler. It, it wasn't that hard as it would have been to work in the, in the heat in the middle of the day. But tonight, anytime you and I begin to complain or to compare about where God plants us, it's a time where we begin losing our reward. I hear pastors and people all the time 
say why a work for God can't be done, right? They're complaining why a work for God can't be done where they're at. They say things like this, well, the, 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 the demographics of the people where I'm at are, are too young and they're too focused on other things. They're focused on career. They're focused on boats and hunting and playing and all those things. So we, we just can't reach those types of people. But then there's the other excuses I've heard. Every, people every, everywhere I live, they're all retired, right? There, there's both sides of that. They're retired and, and, and they moved here and they didn't want to be bothered when they came here and they don't want to be bothered about church or the Lord complaining. It's too cold in this region. That's well, too hot down here. We aren't the majority religion in this region. Well, we are the re majority religion here. There, there's nobody to reach. They all belong somewhere. Right? It's all over the map. There's too many churches like us. There's not enough churches like us. And the complaining goes on and on. But tonight, the fact of the matter is, and Jesus explained it, Jesus began explaining this all the way through the prophets, all the way back to Isaiah. And that was the fact that as God's people, we are planted in God's vineyard, right? God's people in God's vineyard. That means we belong to him. And that means he places us where he wants us to be. And the Bible describes that as his vine in his vineyard, he also provides everything for us that we need in order to flourish, in order to provide and, and, and bring forth fruit for the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we don't, it's not the vineyard owner's fault, it's our fault. And so all throughout the Bible, God, 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 God portrays that, that understanding Tonight, I would encourage you, don't serve God with a bad attitude. Don't complain about what God has given you to do, about maybe how difficult it is, and expect to receive a reward greater than someone else. In fact, there may be no reward at all if that's our attitude. I know several pastors across America, but I'll just be, be, be personal where I'm at in Utah, past and present, who complain all the time about how hard it is to pastor in Utah, of course, because of the LDS church, right? They're the, they're the majority religion. They own this, they own that all the time. And if that's their attitude and they get, they get, they get maybe uh, 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 an ear of someone else to feel sorry for them because this is where I serve and, and, and it's a mission field. We've got to go here. Well, then you have your reward. People felt sorry for you. And, and, and that's, what, that's what you wanted. Well, tonight, there's no place if you're going to be all in for the Lord, pastor and the pew, where it will be easy to serve God. It's joyful. The load, is, the load is light compared to serving the world, but that doesn't mean it's going to be easy. The devil is playing for keeps in this thing of the Christian life. He, he, he's taking this thing seriously. I've been privileged to serve God from really, I, I guess, when we first got our Bible college in Maryland, I served the Lord in California, uh, served the Lord a little bit, I guess, in Bible college in Indiana, down here in Texas, almost coast to coast and border to border when you think about it. But I want to tell you tonight, all people have the same problems wherever you go. And it's a sin problem that affects all of us. It doesn't matter the color of people's skin. It doesn't matter their denominational tie. Sin is the problem and Jesus is the answer. So you say, what, what, why, why bring all that in? Because here's the point. Don't, just, don't, don't think just because you serve God in the heat of the day that your reward is going to be bigger than the one who serves in maybe a, a seemingly easier place or maybe the one who serves in an in a easier day and time. 
Right? Sometimes we think, well, man, if I would have been serving God in the, you know, we put a decade, the 50s or 60s or whatever it might have been, it would have been so much easier. Things would have been so much better. No, no, your, your area and your time of service, the difficulty of your service, that doesn't necessarily determine your reward. You say, well, then what determines it? What is God looking at? Because God is looking at it. God is seeing it. What you see lastly with me tonight, if the timing and the time, the duration of our service isn't necessarily what determines our reward, the difficulty of it isn't necessarily what determines our reward, then what does? I wanna show you tonight in this passage, the spirit of your service determines your reward. That's the main thought of this parable that Jesus gave. It's not the length of your service. It's not the difficulty of your service. But what was your attitude and what was your spirit when you served God? That, and and, and only, only you and I can know that. I, sometimes it comes, I guess I shouldn't say it, sometimes it comes out on the outside, what our, our spirit and our attitude is. But only you and I truly know what was my spirit and attitude for, for this, again, decade or 50 years or five years or one year, or whatever it was. What, what was my attitude and what was my spirit during that maybe difficult heat of the day as I was serving God? Because that is what determines a reward for the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice the contrast tonight in the spirit of the two different groups of workers. And I want you to ask yourself as we read some verses here and look at these two different groups of workers. I wanna ask yourself tonight, which group would you want to employ? Okay, if you're a, you hire people, if you work with people, if you're in a management position, uh, let's role play. Think about that. Which group would you want to employ or which group would you want to give a reward to based upon their, their attitude and, and their behavior? So let's look at the first one, verse number 11 of chapter 20. The Bible says, and when they had received it, they, what's that word? Say it together with me. Murmured against the who? Goodman of the house. Look at verse 13. But he answered one of them and said, friend, I do thee no wrong. Didst thou not agree with me for a penny? Look at verse 14. Take that as thine and go thy way. I will give unto this last even as unto thee. The workers that were hired early in the morning, they had a spirit of entitlement. And we see that today. That I, I, I'm owed this because of who I am. And this is a worldly philosophy, but because of who I am, what I've done, I, 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 I'm owed this. And they even had an attitude, not only that uh, of entitlement, but they also had an attitude of I've been wronged. Right? All these people that have come later, all these people that did not work during the heat of the day, I've been wronged in that they got rewarded the same as what I got, even though the Bible makes it clear that they got exactly what they agreed upon. What if I, they placed a high value on themselves. It was a humanistic attitude. They had the spirit of, I need to be recognized for my service that was, that was far above these guys who, who came later. And by the way, tonight, anytime there is a spirit within us that says, I need to be recognized, anytime that wells up within us, we ought to crucify that spirit and say, not I, but Christ. Because what does he say? If I, and I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Not if Jason Atwood be lifted up, not if Johnny Che be lifted up, not if anybody else be lifted up. I encourage you, lift up Christ. Lift up Christ. I pastored here for 13 years. All my children except one was born here. 
We poured our heart into this ministry, this city, this place. But I promise you, and God knows my heart, I, I don't want anybody to know who Jason Atwood is. I want people to know who Christ is. And that ought to be our prayer. That ought to be our desire that we lift up the Lord Jesus Christ and, and we exalt him. And anytime there's that attitude and it, and it wells up in all of us because we're all, we're all sin, right? We're all, we're all cursed with this flesh of sin. It wells up inside of us. Well, they didn't see that or they didn't recognize that or no one saw that or no one cares about us. That's that same attitude that these first workers had. And again, I ask you, would you want to employ them? Would you want to reward that behavior, that attitude. Then look in verse number three and four. Let's look at this second group quickly. The Bible says, and, when, and he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And said to them, go you also into the vineyard and whatsoever is right, I will give you. And they went their way. Notice that, and they went their way. Verse number seven, they say unto him, because no man hath hired us, he saith unto them, go ye also into the vineyard and whatsoever is right, that shall ye receive. So these workers, the Bible says, they were in the marketplace. And a lot of times we, we get the idea, and I think it's even preached, it's where we get the idea from, is that they were there because they were lazy. And the, and the Bible uses that word idle, but that doesn't necessarily mean they were lazy. That doesn't necessarily mean they were, they were bad workers or they weren't taking care of their family. Oftentimes during those days, it was common uh, to go to the marketplace to seek employment if you didn't have employment. Right? Sometimes, I don't know if it's here, but in the bigger cities you see, you'll go to a Home Depot, especially maybe an inner city area, and you go early in the morning, and there will be mobs of people that are ready to do work, right? A day laborers. They don't have a job. They don't have regular employment. But, but I think the Lord, they're, they're saying, I'm going to do whatever I can. I'm going to scratch and claw and make some money to, to provide for my family. And that's what these men were doing here. And they're called. The Bible says some were called at nine o'clock, some went at noon. He goes back and some were brought in at three o'clock and some were brought in at 5 p.m. The contrast that I want you to notice is the master simply said, he said, I'll give you what is right. I'll give you what is right. How many of you have ever fully accepted a job? You've even signed the dotted line. You filled out all the all the forms, all the tax paperwork, everything. You've even showed up to work. You've even worked the full pay period, whether it was the two weeks, the month, whatever it was. You, you did all that not knowing at all, any idea what you're gonna get paid. Anybody? There might be one or two of you, but probably not. Why? Why do we do that? We say, well, I need to know what I'm getting. I, I've got bills to pay. I've got wife and kids at home. I've got this to pay, a car payment, cell phone. I, 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 I can't just spend my time not knowing if I can have my needs met. So I've got, I've got, I've got to calculate. I've got to be able to understand, is this going to be able to supply my needs? And it all boils down to it. We do not do that in this life. Why? Because we don't trust enough. We wouldn't trust an employee enough to do that. And, 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 and rightly so. But trust is the issue. So do you see the contrast here? The servants who were hired later, look at this, they trusted the vineyard owner's judgment to pay them what he felt was appropriate. They were just thankful. They were just thankful not to be standing in that marketplace idle. 
They were just thankful. Hey, come on tonight, church. They were just thankful to not be living their life aimless. They were just thankful not to be living their life with no purpose for eternity and just kind of wasting away their years. They didn't care what they got paid. They were just glad and they trusted the Lord Jesus Christ to be able to pay dividends beyond what they could see. And they were just glad he had given them purpose in their life. No longer searching for reason and meaning in life. Listen, tonight, our service to God, it's not to be a bargain with the Lord, but it's to be a heart. And this is where it comes down to. It's to be from a heart of trust and serve him in the same spirit that he serves us. But many Christians, pastors in the pulpit and people in the pew, we have the attitude, I'll serve you, God, if this takes place. I'll serve you, God, if, if there's success that comes along with it. I'll serve you, God, if we, if we meet the goals for our big day. I'll serve you, God, if we're able to, to do this or see this taken care of. I'll serve you, God, if, if my spouse goes along with you. But God, if, if she doesn't, if he doesn't, how, how can I do that? God, I'll serve you if my kids stay in church as we get older and they don't stray from you. But if they stray from you, I, I can't continue showing my face in church. How, how can I do that? That's a bargain with God. God, I'll serve you if, if I get my way in church. If things go my way, I'll serve you, God, when I, when I have more time. And all I can say tonight is two words, trust him. Trust him. You say, why? Because don't you think you can, he can pay you? Don't you think he can give you exactly what you need? That, that's, that's the message here. Sometimes we can get down ourselves. We can say, well, I, I know he can pay me, but I haven't, I haven't served God as long as so-and-so. Man, they're, they're faithful. They're, they're, they, they've, they've got, God has blessed them, and that's why. That doesn't matter because you don't know why they are serving God. You, you don't know why they're still around. Well, my, my service, it, it, it's been easy compared to so-and-so's, and, and it certainly hasn't been as hard. So, so God's not going to reward me. God's not going to take care of me. Well, maybe your service isn't as difficult as, as theirs, but they might've had a bad attitude the whole way through it. Just serve God from this point on. Don't bargain with him. Don't compare yourself with someone else and what they are doing or what they're not doing. Serve God from this point on and do it for his glory with all your might and do it in the spirit in which he serves you. Why? Why, Peter? Peter, verse number 27. We know Peter as impetuous. We could just see Peter. Gets Jesus off to the side after the whole situation from the rich young rulers are with. Behold, Lord, we, we've, we've left all and followed you. What, what, what do we get? What, what do we get? And what does Jesus tell Peter? Many that are first shall be last and the last shall be first. In other words, don't worry about it. Notice it says, verse number 30 of chapter 19, notice it says many that are first. It doesn't say, but all that are first shall be last and all that are last shall be first. I think sometimes we have the idea that when we stand before God at the judgment seat of Christ and he's giving us rewards for serving him and we're taking an account of what we've done for the Lord since we've been saved. I think because of verses like that and misunderstanding and misquoting verses like that, we think it's going to be like one of those giant 
train turntables, right? Where the ones in the front uh, get swapped automatically with a pull of a lever and it just switches all the way around, right? And the ones in the middle, I mean, you just kind of stayed in the middle because that's what you were. But if you were in the front, you're going to be going to the back and you're in the back, you're going to be going to the front. But Jesus didn't say that. Jesus said, many, not all. You say, what's the difference? Well, because some that are first are going to stay first, right? They serve the Lord with a right spirit, the right heart, the right attitude, the right motives. And, and, and they, will be, they will be first. And there will be some that are last, that, that stay last. But Jesus said there will be some that are, that are first that are gonna be last and some that are last are gonna be first. Tonight, the one thing that is gonna assure that that, that that situation is reversed is wrong attitude and service that is a bargain or a comparison with those around us instead of simply trusting God. I want to encourage you tonight, church, to just complete your task. As these vineyard owners or these vineyard workers got to the end of the day, just complete your task. Whatever God has given you to do, whatever God will give you to do in the, in the days and weeks ahead, finish your task, finish it well, and finish the task with your eyes on the Lord and finish it with a joy in your heart that God has called you to serve him, that you're no longer wandering around the marketplace looking for, looking for something to do with your life, but that God has called you from that, not only called you in salvation, but called you to service. So serve the Lord with a, with a joyful heart and, and serve the Lord with a, with a joy that God has given you a church and a people and a pastor in which to serve him with. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.